to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Claudia Galan. Claudia, welcome to the podcast show. Thank you, Derek, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. All right. I'm pumped up about our conversation. If you are listening in and you don't know who Claudia is, let me tell you a little bit about her. Claudia Galan is a San Antonio and McAllen-based attorney and owner of Galan Law Firm. She specializes in immigration and family law. Her areas of focus are family-based, permanent residency, and citizenship petitions, deportation defense, divorce, custody, and termination of parental rights, and adoption. She also works with victims of crime, whether in immigration or family law cases, Claudia's own experience as an undocumented immigrant and worked with asylum seekers at the border led her to her interest in immigration law. As a native Spanish speaker, she is committed to serving the immigrant and Spanish speaking communities of South Texas. Claudia is a graduate of St. Mary's, uh, Mary's School of Law and the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. In her spare time, Claudia enjoys spending time with family and friends doing yoga and going on walks with her dog, Frida. All right, Claudia, let's jump right in. What inspired you to become an attorney? Ever since I was little, and I know this is so cliche, you know, for many other attorneys, but I don't know at what point I decided to be a lawyer, but ever since I was little, I knew I wanted to defend people. Um, I remember being in middle school in the classroom uh, in Mexico, because I grew up in Mexico, my classmates getting in trouble because they were late with their homework or the uniform or something. I will step in and just tell the teachers, come on, teach, just chill. I mean, let it pass this time. And then I will get in trouble for doing that. Um, as a matter of fact, my classmates used to call me La Abogada, the attorney, right? And so I had that nickname ever since. Um, and I always had that passion to help on my neighbors, my parents, my family, my classmates. Um, my mom will always tell me, just keep your mouth shut, please. Don't say anything. If anybody else is getting in trouble, let them just deal with it, right? But no, I just, I just couldn't. Like I felt that I could help them. I felt that, you know, sometimes the punishment was probably unfair. And most of the times I will get in trouble for that as well. Mm -hmm. So I will say that since I was little, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't know how to get there. Growing up in Mexico, obviously the opportunities are very different. So it, to me, it seemed like a dream that I don't even know if it was even possible. Um, later on, I came over here to the United States after high school and the opportunity, you know, was there. I would like to say that I worked to open those doors, you know. Um, and so here I am as an attorney now. Wow, I, I love hearing it. You know, you know, when I hear your classmates, the story you told there about them calling you La Abogada, which of course for our non-Spanish speaking people, that means the attorney. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when I hear that concept, I, I, I'm just so fascinated at the concept of identity and what that did for your psyche, right? Like to be being called that over and over again. And they, 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 you know, they talk about this idea of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or this prophecy they, yeah. they were giving you over and over again. 
as your passion was displayed in defending people, even people where, again, you were even getting in trouble. Again, it, it's fascinating to hear that. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I think that that was kind of stuck in my mind, you know, and I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I've enjoyed it. I've always had, you know, this big passion to help people in whatever area they needed, even if it wasn't in the legal field. But now that I can do it in, in the legal field and I can actually change someone's lives, it's amazing. It's very rewarding for me. And I do not regret my decision to become an attorney. Mm, I love it. I love the no regret lifestyle. Let's, let's talk about that. You know, you, you talked about um, how the, the satisfaction in changing somebody's life. And maybe that's it. But tell me a little bit more. What do you enjoy most about being an attorney? Like I mentioned before, one of the things that I love is helping people. Um, doing immigration, if I can help somebody get a work permit, that can change their life tremendously. Imagine they can get a legal ID from the government, they can get a social security number, they can get an ID, a driver's license, and kind of sort of live like they are in the United States with some legal status. And that gives them so much opportunities. People smile so big when I tell them and call them with the news, we got your work from it. We got your green card, you know, your application was approved. It's amazing. So I love that I can keep families together. That's another thing for me. Um, when I immigrated to the, to the United States, um, I was separated from my family for a few years. So I can understand and relate to my clients the, the challenge and the hardships that they're going through and their emotional distress of being separated from their children. So when I can get somebody out from the tension, when I can uh, give, you know, reunite families, keep families together, it's just amazing for me. Mm. I, I love, I love doing that. Wow. I think, well, I think we have a hero with us in our presence, everybody. I think, I think what, what I hear from you is you're a dealer of hope, right? You give what I, what I heard when you were talking about um, like having, helping a person to be able to have, find employment. I think about you're giving them hope as a provider. When I hear about you uniting families, I think about you, that hope and that, uh, that harmony. Because um, anybody who's ever been um, separated for, I mean, it could have been, I remember when I was in third grade and getting lost at the kids' fair, you know, in, in, at the Alamo Dome. Like, I, I, you know, there's, that was just for a day. But you're talking about bringing family, families together that have been separated, not just for a day, weeks, months, years, whatever that is. And anyway, so I'm just hearing you're somebody who deals out hope in your practice um, as an attorney, which is flat out inspiring. Absolutely, I, I guess you can call it that. I actually never seen it this way. So thank you for that perspective. Definitely giving them the tools to make a life, you know, be prosperous, be successful here in this country. It, it, it's, it's obviously giving them hope for a better future of, you know, reaching that American dream, what, they, what they're here for, what we all want. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love helping them to, to reach that dream. Yes, yes, yes. And then talk about your, I mean, what's, what's, what's beautiful about it is you are very much, hey, I was you and hey, I am here living in the, the dream that I'm offering to people. So talk, tell me a little bit about your journey, even in your biography, you, you speak to it. 
of your experience as an undocumented immigrant. What was that like? And what does it mean to you to be where you are now? It was, you know, it was at the beginning. Okay, so I was 18 years old when I moved to the United States. And at the beginning for the first two, three years, I didn't have status. I was here as an overstay. I had a visa. A lot of people come over here uh, that are in my situation. They come in with the visa, tourist visa, and just end up staying. And so that was my situation. Um, I had gone back to high school because I needed to learn English, right? <laughs> Even though I had already finished high school in Mexico. And I remember my dad telling me, having this serious talk with me, you know, and we sat down and he told me, look, you don't have a legal status here. You cannot get in trouble. If you get in trouble, you can get deported or, you know, things can be bad for you. So I remember just having that fear of like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, do what I need to do, obviously not get in trouble uh, and, you know, just mind my own business. So I wasn't able to work at the beginning. I wasn't able to drive even though I was 18, 19, 21 years old um, until later on when eventually I was able to obtain a legal permanent residence that is through my dad, through a family petition. Now, that might not seem the same situation that other some of my clients are going through where they're experiencing, you know, being in, in detention or they have already gotten deported in the past and there is no solution for their case. In my situation, I had a solution and that is great, right? Uh, but that experience definitely uh, has helped me relate to my clients. And I, I have told them, you know, I've been there. I've been where you're at right now. Uh, I've been there, I went to school, it's possible, you know, you can get there. So most of the times when I'm talking to my clients, I'm encouraging them, making them feel, you know, I'm going to take care of you. This is going to be okay. And, and sometimes it might not be okay, or it doesn't turn out what I expected, but the fact that they know that I'm, and they have told me that I'm a very sensitive attorney. You know, they've talked to so many attorneys before and they feel comfortable with me and in me handling their case. And that just um, obviously gives me more energy. And now I'm like, okay, I really need to, I want, I want to work hard for this person. I'm going to, I'm going to get what they came here, uh, you know, to ask me for, to hire me for. Uh, so the fact that I can relate to them and understand what they're going through definitely gives me like a different perspective to handle these cases uh, in more of a compassionate way and understanding way. And, and, I, and, and my clients love that. And we have a great relationship. Yes. I want to highlight what you said about compassion and empathy. And when I think about your story, where sometimes we can look, anybody, any of us, myself included, we can look back at our own story and think, well, my story holds me back as opposed to seeing as my story launches me forward and even ahead. So your story, and I say, oh, well, look what I've been through. You know, what was me from what I've been through, the challenges, the obstacles, the problems, as opposed to, hey, well, your story gives you extra empathy. Your story gives you extra compassion. So I do want to speak to the listeners for a moment. Again, we don't know the details and the nuances of your story, but there is something about using what you've been through good, bad, ugly, beautiful, whatever it is, using what you've been through to help you. Even the horrible experiences actually can find a way to give you a tactical advantage if you learn how to tap into it 
as Claudia is describing. So I just think that's powerful. Th thank you for sharing that, Claudia. Thank you. And I absolutely agree with you. Another of the reasons why I decided to go into immigration and family law was uh, during college, I was involved with RGV, Rio Grande Valley Community Dreamers. I was back in 2013. And that's how I got my first experience, you know, in the immigration field. So I helped, you know, Dreamers apply for DACA. We did, um, you know, protests on the street, protests outside the congressman's office. Um, so I was very into that. And I started to learn all of the injustices of the system, how the, uh, the policies are drafted to a point where it didn't seem fair. So going into law school, I had already experienced that. And I knew that I wanted to do immigration. I did work for other attorneys doing civil, you know, cases, personal injury, criminal and other things, but I always kept coming back to the same thing, immigration, you know, and, and family law, there's such a close intersection between both fields because, um, you know, sometimes I have clients that are going through a divorce and I'm handling their immigration case and I'm like, okay, let's wait. We need to look at your family law case, your divorce, how is that going to affect you? And at times I just started handling both cases and, and, and that's how uh, I'm also doing family law. I would say the majority of my cases are immigration and family. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that, how you're tapping into um, a passion that was started. You said that the RGV Dreamers? Community Dreamers, yes. Community Dreamers, I, mm -hmm. I like it. We think about some of those, those organizations or groups that, that are a part of the, the college experience and how Again, it can give you that, it can light, it can ignite a fire um, that's carrying you really, that's, it's, 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 it has you in your, your calling in, your, in this area you're, you're so passionate about. I love that. I also love hearing about how you're, you, you realized as you were helping in one area, this other area became obvious that you could provide a lot of support to as well. Naturally, um, any... Um, any business owner, you know, might start out with one focus and they're, they're seeing, well, look, they can easily fulfill this other need as well to the community. And it, it creates a win-win because you're providing a valuable service to your clients. And then they're incredibly grateful to you for being able to serve not just their immigration um, situations and, and problems, but also um, their situation with their family. Absolutely. Yes. What has been one challenge as an attorney that you have overcome? I would say being in a competitive market, it's definitely a big challenge for attorneys. There's so many attorneys nowadays, so many immigration attorneys, especially in South Texas where I'm located and going into opening my own firm right after law school it's not like I have clients that, you know, that I've worked with in the past come on over with me, right? Or people were already knew my name and were referring me. No, I literally started from zero. Uh, but I, I knew I was going to get there. I knew, you know, at one point, if I, I do a good job, if I'm a, I'm a competent attorney and I get my clients to like me, they're going to refer me more business. So... I will say that I, I was blessed in a sense that a few months right after I opened my firm, I got hired with this big case. Uh, uh, it was a U.S. citizen that was wrongfully detained 
and with eyes for close to a month and it, it took a while for me to get him out. Eyes wasn't listening to me, right? And so that case made national news. And after that, people just knew my name from everywhere in the country. And so I was getting calls from everywhere in the country. People wanted me to take their case, help them get out of detention. So that was one of the things that um, I was able to overcome early on, early on in my legal career as a new solo practitioner. Um, and I'm just, I think I was just blessed uh, with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love what you said there about taking care of one at a time. And, and, and again, a lot of us, that's where we started. We started with zero. And I mean, my, my coaching and my coaching and speaking practice is very much that like, um, you know, anybody and everybody, anybody who wants some help, you know, and, you know, um, but, but I love the idea of taking care and the excellence you showed on that one case. I'm not sure if you knew in the beginning of that case, hey, this will be national coverage, media across the country and people from not just Rio Grande Valley, not just San Antonio, not even just Texas, but people across the nation would be exposed to you, your passion, your message um, during that, that moment. Yes, I mean, I did not think it was gonna get that crazy. And I'll actually say that I even got phone calls from Spain and some other uh, South American country from newspapers or magazines wanting to talk to me about the case. At one point, I just wanted to hide behind my desk and be like, I'm not here, people. <laughs> Let me work on my cases. No, it was great. I had fun talking to the media and definitely I think that my client's case, the fact that it was exposed tremendously, it got so much national attention that several policies in within detention were changed as a result of that case. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I was able to help a little bit to change, you know, some policy that will benefit immigrants that are in detention. So that was amazing. Wow. I, I, I did that. The concept that came to me was, uh, you know, trailblazer, right? Like, so blazing a trail um, so that people that come up next, again, whether that's immigrants, um, again, other, again, practitioners of law, other, other attorneys, um, you, you're helping to make this difference that's influencing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing legacy. I think something that, that will likely outlive you um, with the impact you're making. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to hear. That will be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> now, apart from what you just said, um, what has been the best way for you to market your law firm? Um, right now, I'm not big on marketing, which I should actually. Um, as a new business owner, I'm, you know, I'm trying to find out how to handle my accounts, how to handle my staff, how to handle every little thing on top of handling my cases, right? So marketing has one of the things that, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, the last thing on my list, because, you know, people still call me every day and tell me or so-and-so and refer me to you. And I always ask them, can I ask, how do you find my, my contact information? And they tell me, I had one client one time that came to me in McAllen and she told me, oh, you're the neighborhood attorney. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She was like, yes, this person and this person, they're my neighbors and they're your clients. I'm like, okay, yeah. And yes, they were my clients. I couldn't tell her, yes, they're my clients, right? That's confidentiality information. But uh, 
I think that right now, the best way to market my work and my services have been word of mouth. Uh, I've also been blessed with uh, building relationships and maintaining those relationships with other colleagues in, in, in the Valley and also in San Antonio. And they refer me clients if they have, especially criminal defense attorneys. Uh, I get calls from attorneys in San Antonio in the Valley and you know asking for help and referrals from them as well. So that has helped me a lot. Wow, I think there's a couple of points there I think that are super relevant when you when we think about um, well, word of mouth, you 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 captured that as well. But, but what I, what I what I focus on is what you described about um, other attorneys and relationships, and over and over again, right? Um, as you know, there's an expertise in what you know, and there's an expertise in who you know. So it's both. Some people go, oh, it's not what, it's who. No, it's it's both. You know, it's your technical knowledge and expertise, but it's also who you know. And even people, uh, you know, another law firm, some people might in error, look at that law firm as a competitor or an enemy. But what I'm hearing from you, there's just great value in seeing other law firms, not as competitors, but as, um, as collaborators. And, and, and I, I see that in, in my, my world as well. Big speaking event next week came from another speaker and another coach. Like in, in from one angle, you might go, oh, well, well y'all are competitors going for the same things. But even that endorsement and recommendation, it came from somebody else from one perspective. Somebody might look at like a competitor, but how your competition could be great people to um, have a collaboration with. Absolutely. And, and I actually don't believe in competition. I'm my own competition myself. I have to be better every day. So my competition is not the attorney next door. There is literally another immigration attorney in the same building here. She's not my competition. I own my own competition. You know, the service that I'm providing to my clients, um, the customer service to all of that, that's how I'm competing. And that's how you become a better person every single day. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that. I don't, um, I, I grew up all about competition. Um, I, I learned way later in life about the concept of not even believing it but i know i'm, I'm with you 100 percent it's it's um i've taken the scoreboard down i'm not comparing my score to your score your score to my score i'm just gonna i'm just seeking like what you said i'm just striving to grow let's speak to the to the, the, the podcast listeners for a moment if you're listening in you and you always see somebody as competition you're probably going to be dealing with a lot of jealousy a lot of insecurity insecurity if you're losing the competition but the, the other thing is if you're winning you probably deal with a lot of arrogance if you're winning the competition so sometimes the best thing to do would be to take that scoreboard down and not focus on if i'm winning or losing but more so instead of the versus it's me versus them and them versus me but it's it's, it's me with them it's, it's them with me i'm to claudia's point i love it she said i don't believe in competition yes now, what advice would you offer someone just starting their law firm? This is my favorite question because I wish, you know, I had somebody to give me advice prior to opening, opening my firm. I did have a support system, which I knew going into business, opening, you know, my own firm, that I will be okay. Uh, my biggest advice will be get a mentor, number one. 
if you're right out of law school, a baby attorney, you know, a new attorney with a very few years of experience or zero years of experience, you want to have other attorneys that are helping you out, giving you advice. Uh, I mean, they're probably not going to hold your hand and tell you exactly, you know, step by step, but they're always there to ask you uh, to answer those legal questions or procedural things that you don't know. Oh, do I need to file this motion or what comes after this other motion? Law school doesn't teach you how to be an attorney. Law school doesn't teach you how to be a business owner either. You know, they teach you the law, how to research the law, how to understand it, how to make those arguments, uh, but they don't teach you those things. Um, and all of that, you know, I've learned throughout my a year and a half that I've been in business now as an attorney. Um, another advice will be, um, you know, have a support system. And not just attorneys, but family. I think that sometimes being in business and also trying to be an attorney at the same time can be very, very stressful. And you're talking about people's lives, people's cases. This is serious work. And so sometimes just having somebody that you can go to and just, you know, vent or talk or maybe ask for uh, help as well. Um, th that's very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, both uh, phenomenal pieces of advice. I, it, to me, it's I insist on every single client that I coach, every business owner, that you have a mentor, especially in your field of practice. My role as even as a coach isn't to be the expert in every single industry that I coach, but it is to empower and elevate my clients in that same way to find find the experts in your industry you can learn from. I, I love the, I think it's a Chinese proverb that says to, to know the way on the path ahead, ask somebody recently on the path coming back. So it, it's what it's what you're saying. You know, when you when you start a law firm or when you're as you're you're going as an attorney, find somebody who has more experience. They can tell you, they give you the tips and the tricks about the path ahead, so that you can um, maximize um, that insight. And so you don't have to make the same mistakes as they did or mis mistakes that somebody else made. And you can really even learn from their success. Absolutely, yes. The other thing I love as well, you said it's the support system. I think that's that's invaluable. It helps us with with our stress. It helps us with our clarity. It helps us, you know, when we have those bad days, when when we're feeling like mm, like hey, like almost everybody has those moments of hey, why why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, like those those days of despair, of doubts, worried, fear, fears come in, insecurities. Um, but having that support system. Um, to help you on your good days, of course, to rejoice, to celebrate the victories, but also um, to uh, to be with you on the bad days. Um, and they help you to carry on and continue to move forward. Yes, I, I think that having close relationships, you know, with your family or friends, and even sometimes most of my friends are attorneys, so we understand each other very well. And, and we just know what we're going through. And so if I'm there with my friend crying, you know, this is happening or I'm stressed out, you know, she knows what to tell me so I can calm down. And that's just, that's great. Especially now with this pandemic that's going on, you know, where we're not having very, you know, that much of a close contact with people. Um, it's been even more difficult too. Mm. So 
the biggest advice will be get a mentor, you know, have people that you can trust and come with, you know, just to vent or talk. And, and also I will add, have a business plan. Uh, I started my firm and I didn't, I didn't have a business plan and I was just like, okay, I'll be okay. But I think that's very important knowing, you know, what are gonna, your expenses going to be, what, how many cases you're going to need to bring in. So definitely have a business plan as well. Mm, yes. A support system, a mentor, a business plan. I think she's advertising for me right now for business coaching. <laughs> no, uh, thank you for that insight there, uh, Claudia. Um, now, let, let me ask you, what has helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney? That has been something that I'm still working on, to be honest. Um, being a new attorney and a new business owner, I spend so many hours here at the office every day on the weekends as well. And even when I'm home, I'm researching something. So it's very difficult for me to have, you know, personal life because I need to learn this. I need to catch up with this. I got a new case and I don't know this issue, right? Um, so it's something that as a new attorney, it's very difficult. I think that now that I started working on it, my my approach is set boundaries, right? And have a and have a calendar, have a plan. On this day, I'm gonna get this much accomplished, this much done, and you know, uh, keep yourself accountable with that. So you have to keep boundaries as well, and knowing that okay, after six o'clock or seven o'clock, I'm not gonna answer any more phone calls. If if you know, sometimes I'm at eight o'clock, nine o'clock talking to my clients. Um, or on the weekends, but it's something that you just have to force yourself to do that. My, some of my clients have my cell phone and not all of them abuse them, right? But I do get the occasional call like on Sundays uh, at night, especially if, if, and I will, some, I will answer it. If they have somebody detained, I understand their frustration that they, they want to know what's going on or they want to know an update or something. Um, so you have to set boundaries to do that. But yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I'm still working on. Uh, maybe we can come back to this in a few few months. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad you said that. I, you said, I think the authenticity of people's journey and, you know, I, I would love to tell you that I am successful in every area of my life. You know, I had some pizza last night. I confess to everybody, you know, wasn't really part of the, you know, the, 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 the perfect diet, but I, I always respect authenticity, right? Um, because we're, we're all human. We all, we all have um, areas that I said, you know what, if that, that can be better in my world, you know, and you could talk, you're talking about being, that can be better in your world. And I just love the awareness. I love the awareness that probably way worse would be to not have a balance, but to think you do. Um, that's always like, okay, uh, but to being aware of it, it gives you that much more power and ability to focus on it. Um, but absolutely. So we got, we, you know, we, when you're over here, um, you're expanding your law firm, you're bringing on attorneys, you know, we got to have you back. You talk about um, the next steps. And let me ask you that. What's like, what's next steps for you? What's, what's, um, what's next for your attorney journey? So the next thing in plan now, I'm, I'm the only attorney in my office now, but I am getting to the point where I can bring in another attorney 
to work with me. So I'm so excited. Uh, so that's definitely the next plan. Um, I'm scared because I've never hired an attorney, right? And just hiring my own staff, it, it's scary because it's, it's everything is new to me, right? Um, so that that is the next thing in in my in my office. Um, and I definitely want to expand, grow my business. I want to build an empire. One of my friends asked me, "What is your what is your plan?" And I'm like, "I want to build an empire, right? I want to help." everybody in texas or in the united states get legal status in the united states mm. if i can change somebody's life i can impact their families it's just going to be an exponential uh impact so i definitely want to help more people and for that i need to grow my business and grow my my staff as well wow i like it i like it i think when i, I i'm hearing that enterprise the empire you know big picture and uh and it, it, it's exciting and, and i think business owners who are thinking like that the entrepreneur mindset you're describing um grasp this concept of eventually i reach my limit as a business owner of the, the amount of people i can serve i can help i can empower but to bring other people on like you're describing another attorney on now your reach your vision um your impact is multiplied you know and then you bring another you know attorney on and so in and as you're thinking about these big picture goals uh, again it's it just it's, it's inspiring to, to to hear about but it's it's great that you're realizing the limitations that of the work that you can do by yourself and you're getting to that point where you're able to bring somebody else on it's, it's really exciting exactly what has been the biggest surprise for you in being an attorney? I would say winning a case that I thought I was going to lose. And so I do a lot of asylum cases and those cases are so hard to win. Um, I think the approval rating is like one out of 10 cases. So like one or 2% is very, very low, right? And so going into my second asylum trial, I was thinking, you know, I'm just going to give it my all. That's, and that's my number one rule. I'm going to give it my all be, and just leave it up to God. And I know in my conscience that I did everything I could for my client. Because if, if, if you're doing immigration, you're not doing it because you like to win, especially in this climate right now. There's been a lot of pushback for, you know, immigrant cases and policies. There has been a lot of change in the law that is closing those doors for immigrants to get that benefit. So it's you're not winning every day, right? Uh, but my biggest surprise as of right now has been getting the case approved by the judge thinking that we were going to lose. I obviously didn't tell my client this, but, you know, I prepare him well enough to answer the questions. I prepare my questions. We gave it our 110% and there was the, I mean, the outcome showed for our work. So I'm so happy. I was surprised that I won the case. Very, very surprised. Awesome. And break in a little bit for, for somebody listening and they never heard of an, an asylum case. What is that? Tell us a little bit of a behind the scenes and, and what makes up an asylum case. So uh, 
somebody that comes from another country that's not the United States, um, their fear, you know, uh, going back to their country or they've experienced persecution in the past, they can come to the United States and ask for asylum, ask, you know, to be let in, live in this country and uh, eventually obtain uh, legal permanent resident status. And in the United States, we can ask for asylum based on persecution on race, religion, uh, um, also based on when you're a member of a particular social group. An example of that is, for example, let's say that you had green eyes and everybody in Guatemala uh, with green eyes is persecuted because people believe that you're a witch or you have a curse or something. So there's like a particular reason, a characteristic of your person, and that that is why you're becoming a target or being persecuted. So there are several reasons why you can ask for asylum. Those cases are, are very, very hard. And usually those are handled in immigration court. And ultimately, the judge is the one who makes that decision as to approve or deny the case. Mm, yes. Got it. Now, thank you for that, in, that information, that, that insight. The, 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 the line you mentioned of like this, giving it your all and letting, letting God take care of the rest, being okay in good conscience that you did everything you could. I think, you know, anybody listening in, I think as a, whether it's a, you're a business owner or whether you're just thinking about your family, um, doing your best, you know, um, of course, um, I just wrote a marriage book and sometimes people talk, you know, we talk about that idea. Can, can you divorce proof of marriage? I don't think you can, even though I wrote a marriage book to help people to be better in their marriage, but I don't think you can divorce proof. I, I think you can't control what people do. Um, but back to your, the, the point I'm, I'm making here um, from what Claudia mentioned was doing your best on your side. And I can't control, I, I can't control what my wife does, but I get to determine what I do. I get, I get to determine the kind of environment I create at home to just give us the best chance, you know, in, in our marriage. But I, but I love the concept of just doing your best, knowing you did the best work you could do. And then you let, um, the, again, the external conditions take care of themselves. Exactly. Yes. All right. To bring us in for a landing, what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? my favorite people and the person that i look up to is my dad and my mom and i'm sure you know everybody else can agree with me but in particular i will say my dad because he so he's a doctor in mexico and he had to leave his career leave everything behind so we can come to the united states and provide a better opportunity for us uh, so now we came over here and he went back to school so he can provide a better life for us as well. He's 60 years old, went back to being a plastic surgeon. And uh, I mean, his perseverance, he's very goal-minded, he has a vision. So those are my favorite characteristics of my parents that I feel like I've inherited to the point where what's my next goal? I, I wanna accomplish something else. Also, um, what I really like about my dad is that he doesn't look at you as a, just any patient. He treats you like family. So he, and he's very compassionate about the work that he does for his patients. I wouldn't be able to do that kind of work, but I understand uh, 
how he works with them or how he it's a passion right it's a passion behind what he does which translates in also in my legal field um you know it's a passion that i have and that's the way i treat my family i treat my family like or my clients like family i'm sorry do my clients like family because i know that i've been there that they could be my mom they could be my aunt my my cousin my uncle right and so to me it will be perseverance compassion work and have a goal-minded mentality where you have a vision uh, those are the the characteristics that can set you up for success and for a great life right if you work on it mm, yes powerful to hear about the family i think the sacrifice and i love you talking about you inherited some of those virtues from him you know from, from your parents um, and I, I think about that for parents parents listening in and this concept of I'm going to ask you a question this time. Instead of giving you some teaching, I want to ask you a question, parents. What virtues do you want your children to inherit from you? Or even think about what Claudia said. She thinks about the way her dad treats people, even strangers, you know, for, or, you know, strangers that, are, that become his clients. He treats them like family. In other words, he treats them with respect. He treats them with dignity. And think about that, just passing that on to your children of when they think about you, they think about you as, as a parent. My parent treats people with respect and dignity, and that's the way I want to treat them too. I think that's an inspiring um, perspective there, Claudia. Thank you for that perspective. Um, well, fantastic. Well, well, number one, Claudia, thank you so much for joining me on the Strong Life Coach podcast. Thank you, Derek. I love being here today. I love talking to you guys in the audience and sharing, you know, uh, my story. And I hope this will be helpful for somebody. And I'm sure it will. I love it. Yes, that. of course it will. No doubt about it. Now, Claudia, for people listening, if they want to find some small way to support you, I mean, is that is that is that over on Facebook? Where can they find you and what's the handle where, where they can find you? Yes. So they can find me on Facebook under uh, Galan Law Firm. Um, I also have a personal public uh, Instagram page and they can find me as clau.galan and uh, they can, you know, send me a message. Have, if they have any questions, shoot me a message, shoot me a private message. So sorry. And yeah, I can be reached there. I love it. I love it. Okay. So go over to her Instagram, go over to her Facebook, interact with her content. And um, I think Facebook lets you give those reviews. So give her that five-star review on her law page, reminding her of how great she did on the Strong Life Coach podcast. If you're listening in, I just, I just mentioned, it's a Strong Life Coach podcast where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Of course, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us the five-star rating, and remember to subscribe. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll connect with you on the next episode.